With week 17 in the books, there's only one more week to play. The playoff races are tight. The draft order is interesting. We're breaking it all down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to issue a big shout out and thank you and welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2024 is here. And we rung in the new year with a lot of NFL football yesterday. And Joe, do you want to know what my favorite quirk from week 17 was? I do want to know. Uh, in contests with the AFC teams, or how many AFC teams lost at home in week 17? I don't think many, to be honest with you. Zero. Yeah. Cleveland. Indianapolis, Baltimore, Buffalo, Houston, Kansas City, Denver, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville played the Carolina Panthers. The rest of them were AFC Conference exclusive games. How many NFC teams won at home in Week 17? Um, maybe not as many. Two. Yeah. You had the Eagles losing at home, the Giants losing at home, the Commanders losing at home, the Bucks losing at home, the Vikings losing at home, the Seahawks losing at home. Uh, so, uh, home teams had a good time in the AFC yeah, and, uh, road teams feasted in the NFC side of things in week 17, huge road losses in the NFC. We're going to get to those, right. But I'm mm -hmm. the Steelers going into Seattle really stands out. The Vikings getting blamed yeah. by the, by the Packers stands out the Cardinals. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we will, we got, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, but I, I think from a big picture perspective, you had both one seeds clinched. Um, Baltimore did so in resounding fashion, absolutely boat racing the Dolphins in Baltimore. Uh, that's uh, also, in my mind, I, I think takes some of the pressure off everybody to to think about the MVP race as well. I think Lamar Jackson was outstanding in that football game. Uh, perfect passer rating, which is the second time in four years he's done that against the Dolphins. Go back to 2019, which was also a year in which Lamar Jackson won the MVP. So uh, Lamar, his hometown team, uh, helping him out in the MVP race and debate uh, th that Ravens team. I mean, they played this game without Stevens Hamilton. They had other corners get banged up throughout the game. Zeitler didn't play. And I, I will say this about Baltimore. They just have a lot of different ways in which they can attack you on both sides of the ball. And it's a very well-deserved win for them. Uh, a well-deserved one seed. They're they're a pretty complete team. They're not, they're not a perfect team. I think there's ways in which they can be challenged, but uh, none of those ways were ways in which the Dolphins could push any buttons on Sunday. 
Is it fair for us to ask the question, are the Baltimore Ravens a wagon, right? I mean, huge consecutive wins, convincing Mm -hmm. wins over the 49ers and the Dolphins. I mean, this team has won. They're hot, right? I mean, they were seven and three. They're 13 and three. So we're not math guys, but that's six in a row. Right. They've won like seven, eight, nine, 10 of their last 11 monster wins over another quality team like Detroit. Is, Is this... Is this Baltimore's world in the AFC and we're all well, just living in it? I think this was was this this the eighth win that they've had by two touchdowns over teams with winning records this season? Just looking at them on pro football reference, that seems right to me. Week, week one at Houston, week four against Cleveland, uh, week seven against Detroit, that's three. Week nine against Seattle, Seattle. I guess it's yeah. eight and eight, so technically, but not really. Uh, then you had... Uh, Jacksonville in week 15, San Francisco week 16 and Miami week 17. So it's at least six rolling teams, man. Yeah. Top five. They're explosive on both sides of the ball. Yeah. The top, their top two scoring offense and top two scoring defense. That feels important to me. Mm -hmm. So they get, now it's an interesting scenario for Baltimore who they play Pittsburgh next week. And Pittsburgh obviously has a lot to play for. Baltimore has the one seed wrapped up. They have nothing to play for. They have nothing to play for. And so that's that fine needle to thread of, okay, you have nothing to play for, but you also have the buy, and you don't really want to go like three weeks without playing football. Um, and so that's that's going to be an interesting deal there. We know that, I mean, Ty, what we presume Tyler Huntley is going to be the quarterback. They've had success with him in the past. So I, I think the thing to watch is the corners. Yeah. Because they, they were down to three corners and then all, Arthur Mollet got like banged up. So uh, if Pittsburgh with George Pickens, Mason Rudolph, that kind of resurgence, yeah, uh, with Mason Rudolph and the willingness to throw the ball down the field, I think that could be the thing where if Baltimore kind of t- walks the tightrope a little bit and plays some guys, one area they're not going to push anybody is the secondary. Yeah. So I think that'll be a really defining trait. Uh, for that football game as Pittsburgh is playing for their fringe wild card hopes and dreams, which they're they need a win and help. But I think they'll they'll get the the help that they need from Baltimore just because I think Baltimore having it wrapped up this early, this convincingly, and being a team that is a little banged up, uh, they're gonna be without a lot of key pieces, I think, in that game just because they don't want to tempt fate. So the one seed is the Ravens, the three seed is the Chiefs, the five seed is the Browns. That is done. The rest of it's open, right? Number two will either be the Bills or Dolphins. That game, Sunday Night Football, next week will decide that. Um, questions so about both teams, right? Fair there's enough. technically three open spots, right? Yeah. Because three, six, the, 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 the three seeds that you, you picked, but then Miami's clinched a spot. Yeah. So Miami's like definitively in. Yes. So... AFC South, we could talk about Jacksonville getting off the schneid against the Carolina Panthers. With C.J. Beathard, right? (laughs) C.J. Beathard won by 26 points. Yeah. So they are in a a heck of a situation now, right? Jacksonville, they win their game next week in Tennessee. They're the AFC South champs. Levis banged up again. Yeah. Which I I think is probably, if you're talking about Tennessee, we already did their Levy Grail, right? But if you're a little worried about anything with developments of this season, it's it's Levis was banged up his last year at Kentucky, and now he's banged up quite a bit this year in Tennessee. 
And pro tip: don't pick, don't don't pick the Titans to upset the Texans. Would be my my pro tip for the week. Did I get both of them? I got the Colts as well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you got them yeah, because Jack Jones was not offsides. Offsides, the story of the 2023 season. It's not. He was not. Jack Jones posted the tape. It's the exact time the ball moved. He moved. Yeah, we got Hold some more officiating me. blunders to get to not here. In nonsense. In the NFC side of things, good Lord. Um, But, I mean, we talked in the pre-show, the AFC South's probably putting two teams in, in all likelihood. Right. You would have to have Colts, Texans, winner, and then Jacksonville lose, and then other games break yeah, against you. You're probably getting two AFC South teams, probably. which collect your prize if you had that going into the season. Uh, pretty surprising there. And then I feel, it, I feel really good about how our season predictions unfolded for the most part, though. Oh, I haven't even looked back at those. Yeah, it's it's fun. And I am also like low-key rooting for the Bengals against the Browns, another team that has nothing to play for because they're locked in their spot. So we can have the whole AFC North with a winning record. Because I'm pretty sure we did like three schedule predictions and we had that. Schedules <laughs> were so, so favorable, like, man. It's like, how do they not? Right. You could you can you can be down to your fourth quarterback or your backup quarterbacks and still have the winning records in the NFC AFC North, right? I mean, that's kind of what's right. happened. And meanwhile, you got Ravens kind of run away with the thing, but like Pittsburgh's down to their third quarterback, Browning third. for the Bengals, yep. fourth one for the Browns, and they still are, are, are all going to have winning records. The schedule, man, it was always good for them. Um, Anything else you want to sneak in here on the AFC? I think maybe we lead with Pittsburgh, Seattle, before we get into the, the Eagles and Lions missed opportunities yeah, we'll, after the break. And, of course, uh, we'll get to the Week 18 schedule as well later yeah. on, so be sure – to stick with us, but folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest, most fun, easiest way, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is awesome. It's just you against numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and including sharks. It's just you against numbers. Here's what you do: you select two or more players, you pick more or less in their projected stats, and you place your entry. That is it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. Price picks just makes all these sports that much more exciting. I love having an entry going into a slate of games. It just makes it that much more exciting. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Pittsburgh, big dub. Get Seahawks. Keeps their playoff hopes alive. Pushes Seattle to the brink. Yeah. Uh, puts them on the outside looking in behind the Packers, who had a resounding win by 23 points on Sunday Night Football. Pittsburgh on the heels of three consecutive losses to the Cardinals and Patriots in right. Pittsburgh, and then to the Colts. All three of those games, losing by multiple scores mm -hmm. to bounce back and beat Cincy convincingly. I mean, and really Seattle, a game that they were in control of the entire time. And what's what's right. different? Mason Rudolph's the quarterback? Turns out you got to pass the ball in 2023. <laughs> they ran it, too, pretty well against Seattle, well, right? Well, and that, that, that was the thing that was more impressive, I thought, for that yeah. game. was just, you know, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. 
combined yards? for monster yardage on the ground. Yeah. They, re- they really whoop Seattle up front big time. So I, the story's both of these things. Steelers, what is it, 20, 20 seasons in a row for Mike Tomlin? Not having a losing record? So. I think it's legit 17, I think, is the number of seasons in, in which. Insane. Yeah. Right? Insane. Um, Never in doubt. Right. You would think after that three-game skid, it was maybe a little in doubt, but silly anyone in the world who would doubt Mike Tomlin for getting a winning record uh, has a chance to to sneak into the playoffs. They'll need a little help, as we talked about. But Seattle, um, what's hard about Seattle is it's like they had it, and then they went through that stretch of games where we knew they were going to lose a bunch. But then and they then come they back. They beat Philly, which was huge. Pull out the Eagles game, and then you had Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like, all right, we can we can stabilize this. And now we're on the outside looking in. Green Bay's got Chicago, which is not an easy game. And then Seattle has to go to Arizona. So I think Seattle feels pretty okay about their chance of stealing the seven seed when it's all said and done. But yeah, they gotta beat Arizona, though. I mean Arizona's not not packing it in. What a segue. Let's talk about these two teams in the NFC Uh, Philly dropping to Arizona, a game that like Philly had in control after the Sydney Brown pick six pretty comfortably. Yo, and still fell apart. Pause. Can we talk about that pick six? That was either going to be intentional grounding or a pick six, right? What was that throw? Nobody home. Nobody home. Sydney Brown was home. Sydney Brown was home. 99 yards, right? Yeah, 99 yards. Standing effort after the catch. Yeah. Good effort and strain from the guys on the defense to block for him and set up some blocks to get him there. But uh, I think that was probably about the last good thing that happened to Philly the whole game. They lose Devontae Smith in this game as well. Yeah. Dude, they've lost four or five. And let's be honest, kind of snuck by the Bills and Chiefs. I mean, this is a team that could very, very well be like, have lost seven of the last eight. Cowboys before the bye. Right, dude. Like, you can't feel good if you're Philly going into the playoffs right now. The last good game that Philly played was against Miami in week seven. And that was a little goofy as well. You I know that you're not qualified to say it, but I'm qualified to say it. Yeah, I'm qualified to say it. That was a goofy game. And then the game before that, they lost to the Jets. <laughs> right. <laughs> And we kind of knew, like, dude, we watched this team early on, right? Remember, this, we're doing the power ranks. We're talking about the Eagles every single week, and you're like, I don't know. They still haven't played their but best man, football. They got a lot of talent, but they, they, they're right. just not clicking. And they've and never it, clicked. But, they so, never really clicked. But then they win 10 of 11. You're like, well, they just they figure it out, right? right. But that, that process over results, right? I mean. Shame on us. Always trust the process. Even if it's not in the same year, process over time. <laughs> right. Never we'll wrong, just early most of the time, right? Uh, so Philly uh, ends up losing 35-31 to the Arizona Cardinals to drop the effectively cost to them the NFC East. Because Dallas has Washington next week. And Dallas got gifted a win. Let's Can we just be real about it? Yes. We can. Um, I, I understand the arguments of trying to create confusion with running multiple offensive linemen at the official. But at the end of the day, if your argument is, 
the official got confused or you did something to confuse the official. It's the official's job to officiate the game. Yeah. And if a player wearing number 68 comes up to you and says report, and you just assume he's talking about somebody else, shame on you. And I'm glad that that crew got downgraded and they're not going to call a playoff game because I'm tired of watching this crew perpetually drop the ball on, it's not routine stuff, but it's very easily avoidable game management issues that are costing teams games and potentially costing teams like home playoff games. And Dan Campbell did the thing before the game where he explained it to a T. And look, I don't have a deep coaching experience, all right? I coached one year of Pop Warner football. I was the offensive coordinator. I had a crazy good trick play. I ran it every single week. And every single week before the game, I went up to the the officials. I said, I'm going to run this play. Here's what's going to happen. And it was never a problem. We got to be able to get this done at the National Football League level. It has to be okay. That's absolutely insane. Now, what were your thoughts beyond... Okay, we run the play. It's a legal formation if the proper player is declared as eligible and it wasn't, and then the guy on TV is goes on this rant about how there's three penalties on this play, but there's not because the player who was eligible was ineligible, was supposed to be eligible, like all that stuff. Right, I can't even listen to anything else. Right. Yeah, so you get yeah. all through you get all through all that on yeah. Saturday. And then they go for two still. From the seven. Micah Parsons jumps off sides and then you get go for it for two on the three and a half. And like, I get the play was there. Jared Goff missed the throw. So I get like, maybe that's, I don't want to grade that as a results over process decision-making, but once you lose the five yards, kick the extra point, right? Yeah. And I thought there was another earlier game, uh, game game decision where they had a chance to kick a field goal and they went for it and didn't, didn't work out. Like, Campbell is the most, I mean, probably the most aggressive coach in the league right now. And we love it. Remember, it was the earlier in the season, it was like a fourth and three or something. And they went for it to get an easier chance at a field goal and make sure there was no time left. Like, you love it when it works, you hate it when it doesn't. Right. Or like the, the Penne Sewell motion pass at the end of the year last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's love cool until time. it's not, right? But there was no reason for you to be aggressive in that instance. Just kick the extra point and go to overtime. What are they, the analytics people will tell you the objective is to win the game in regulation, right? So that's like step one no, in the analytics. Object, the objective is to win the game. Period. Well, they're going to tell you that the objective is to win the game in regulation, right? That's oh, the whole and, thing and, about analytics. And, and that's that is the crux of the argument why people will always push back yeah. to some degree and degree about living exclusively in an analytics box. You, I mean, we're going to be doing this podcast for another 30 years. And in 30 years, I bet you we're having these conversations, right? About analytics. Right. About uh, head coach, uh, you know, uh, Drew Aller for the, uh, you know, the Houston Texans, whatever, whatever world we're living in in 30 years, right? It's, it's just the way it's going to go. All right. I got a fun off topic question for you. Oh, boy. All right. And it's a follow up. Have you still watched any college football bowl games? <laughs> from no, his not, Kyle, Kyle, not a second. Not, Not a second. second of I don't have any interest in it at all. You see Garrett Wilson say uh, the Garrett uh, bowl games used to mean something, and everybody came back with like the screenshot of the the headline of him opting out of the bowl game. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I, that's funny, but also not like Garrett Wilson's like yeah, like yeah, my conduct doesn't. Wrong. Yeah, but I made that choice because they they don't mean anything. Right? Who cares about these bowl games, man? Right? They're garbage, and I love what Kirby Smart did. 
Like that Georgia Florida State result was perfect in so many ways. Not only because Georgia should have been in, not only because Florida State definitely shouldn't have been in, but also the consequences of the way that college football is right now. And Florida State being without what 25 players because everyone's just going to the portal. It's a joke, man. What yep. does college football want to be? All I hear from people is that they're losing interest. So ho- hope you it's all going to work out. But if people aren't going to care about your product, then that's going to be a problem. And now you got Florida State trying to leave the ACC, right? So it's just going it, to it, it's going to take a while for the dust to settle as far as college football goes. Yeah. But in the meantime, miss me miss me with the non-transfer holdovers, the leftovers. And it was an HBO show, right? Like the rapture happened and everybody got left behind. Left, left, it's called left, left behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. This is just an earlier show. Oh, okay. Called the left. I watched like the first three episodes and I'm like, you lost me. I'm out. Like, like the college bowl season. So there you go. All right. We're going to talk week 18 in the draft order and uh, something real interesting about that top pick from a bunch of different angles. So be sure to stick with us. But the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. I love the app. It's super easy to navigate. And there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Very clever of them to call it a layup as we get ready to transition out of football season for so many football fans and into the, the meat of basketball season. Basketball. The Pistons won. The Pistons won a game. First and 28, right? Yeah. You see the memes out there. They're pretty funny. It's like the Pistons won a game. What did it cost? The Lions. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> the same day, right? They snapped the skid. The Lions have the stupidest yeah. loss in the history of the league. There's yeah. So some sports teams like that. Sports cities like that, unfortunately, where they just never, never get it rolling. Speaking of segues, let's get to the draft order real quick on that as the Carolina Panthers have secured the number one overall pick and it goes to the Chicago, the Chicago Bears. Bears, baby. Congratulations. Wasn't the, the Bears weren't the only big winner from that outcome. Uh, there, you know, there's a fan sitting in the stands at uh, that, that game. That's going to get a nice little payday from the shower he got from Dave Tepper in the stands. Just unacceptable on every imaginable level. If a player did that, could you imagine? No. Could you imagine whatever whatever player? And we're talking high profile. This is an owner in the National Football League. Could you imagine a player squirting a fan with a water bottle? People would be losing their mind. Dave Tepper deserves every ounce of vitriol that he gets. This guy has been an absolute joke. An absolute joke for this city. But he a was, city that sources said he was rejuvenated, Joe. Dude, just two weeks ago, he was rejuvenated to get to, to right his wrongs. Here's a this first man step. has sabotaged. He has sabotaged this operation in every imaginable way. Like there's no pride. The soul of football spirit in Charlotte, North Carolina has been snatched. It's just disappointing. It's just disappointing. I don't even see Panthers gear. I, I live here, man. I don't. Do you think I ever like just go to the grocery store and see anybody wearing a Panthers hat or a Panthers bumper sticker or a Panthers flag, dude? It is bad, man. It is bad. You wouldn't know there's a home football team here. And Dave Tepper is at the root of that. 
just sabotage. And coming out of it was such a fun era of Panthers football, you know, right. that with the Cam, Keekley, Greg Olson, Thomas Davis, Jay Stu, D'Angelo Williams, Steve Smith. Like, you had some fun. They weren't consistent, but they were fun. These guys turned this into a, the, the joke of the National Football League. Unacceptable behavior. Anyway, I'm I'm glad I could tee you up there. Because I know it's it's front row center for you because you live there. My wife used to be a Panthers fan. That was cool. Did you see the um this next block of games that we have? You have three teams at four and twelve. Washington, New England, Arizona. I think there was like a 60-minute stretch where New England and Washington, based on strength of schedule, flip-flopped that pick four times. New England's going to beat the Jets next week. I would be inclined to agree with you. And Bill Bill Belichick has no reason to not win the game. He's chasing a wins record, and he's probably not going to be there. Like, how's that yeah. for one last twist of the knife? The the embrace between him and McDermott at the end of the game yesterday said a lot to me about the reality of Bill being that back. Situation. I missed this. Oh, it was it was like a awkwardly long embrace, is what it was. Um, passing of the torch. Well, Bill's gonna win nineteen in the next twenty division. Titles. Yeah, where where do I sign? Where do I sign? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, so I think they're beating the Jets. Um, and, and like Mike debate and I talked about this, if that's the last game for Belichick as the head coach of the New England Patriots, Kyle, there's no way, there's no way he goes down to the jets after beating them a hundred right. times in a row after walking out of that contract. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just not, it's just not going to wait. It's that's not going to end that way. That's jets. D is still playing or that, that bills D is still playing good football right now. Patriots defense, you mean? Yeah, yeah. The third time's the charm. The Patriots defense is still playing good football right now. Oh, and Zappi's unbelievable in terms of the upgrade he is over Mac Jones. Just because he can create. He's instinctive. He has football instincts. I I actually thought the uh, escape that he had in his own end zone from Gregor Rousseau when they were backed up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Really really nice pocket presence football play. And he had an 18-yard touchdown run, which was great. Escaped the pocket north and evade some pressure. He's been good under pressure all the last four games. He's been like metrically very like average to above average. He's not a slug, man. Yeah. And defensively, they got some stuff going. I mean, they have tons of injuries and stuff, but like they're going to beat the Jets next week. Which would put them probably at, based off strength of schedule tiebreakers, probably at fifth because we're assuming the 5-11 and 11 Giants lose to the Eagles, although that's probably not a safe <laughs> assumption based on how. Not so fast. Uh, so they would fall behind Arizona. Washington's currently in the two spot. New England currently in the three spot based off .003 strength of schedule. And then Arizona uh, is at four as the four and 12 teams. And then you have three teams at five and 11, the New York Giants, the LA Chargers, and the Tennessee Titans. Then you have the Jets at six and 10. They're currently scheduled to pick eight. They're the only six and 10 team in football. And then the bottom two... Uh, seven and nine teams just around out the top 10 of the Atlanta Falcons who have a chance to, I think, win that division still in spite of everything right now, currently scheduled to pick ninth and then the Chicago bears picking 10. So what's really interesting is you think about Arizona and then winning that game to get to four, four wins. Um, 
you'd have to like you you'd hate for that to cost you Marvin Harrison. Like cool Jonathan Cannon revenge game, but you don't want that to cost you Marvin Harrison. You'd have to think if Chicago picks at one, they're just going to pick him, right? With what the way that it's going with Justin Fields and like they're seven and nine with playing a lot better defensively, they've been really good. Is that just like let's get Marvin Harrison and let's boogie? What do the analytics say? The analytics probably say to trade back, <laughs> right? Yes, the analytics will one million percent say don't draft a wide receiver at one. It's going to be a big part of our offseason conversation for sure. Because Washington. Probably picking a quarterback, right? Like the Sam Howell thing's been fun. They tried to bench I, him. They tried to bench <laughs> him. And I know the people who will be there making these football decisions beyond now uh, are not the ones that are currently there. But I don't know how you study the body of work, look at the regression of Sam Howell, look at the issues with playing on schedule all season long, not to open up another can of worms. Yeah. Um, probably do a show on this. So I think that's a quarterback spot. So you're dangling. Like if I'm Chicago, I'm making the number one overall pick available right now. And I want to go down as little as possible and get as much as possible because I still want to guarantee I get that player. So draft order is interesting. And obviously week 18 will decide everything in terms of playoffs, the draft order. We will have at least one other spot in the playoff field clinched by Sunday because of the games that they put on Saturday. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Houston, Indy. The winner of Texans Colts is the 815 game will clinch a playoff spot with that win. Just a matter if it's going to be four, six or seven. Right. So then you have Pittsburgh. Uh, From your perspective, Joe, it's probably nice. Uh, the, the Bills are the team that, with a loss, would have things catastrophically have to break against them for them to miss the playoffs. It's nice to have one of those games on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Yeah, if the Steelers lose to the Ravens, the Bills clinch regardless of what happens on Sunday night. Well, there you go. So the, the, you may get through Saturday, and you may have a two spot. of the remaining yeah. AFC yeah. playoffs. Spot. And then it's really just determining the uh, the AFC South winner. Yeah, because Jacksonville, be Jacksonville to decide if, if they're in – or if another team is a wild card. Jacksonville, Tennessee at one o'clock. Jacksonville wins. They win the South. Um, and I, Jacksonville's another team for the Bills. If the Steelers beat the Ravens, the Bills need Jacksonville to lose to Tennessee if they're going to lose to Miami. Mm-hmm. The Bills win. They're the two seed. If they if they lose, they need either Jacksonville or Pittsburgh to lose to make the playoffs. What do you think the league's rooting for there? For the optimum drama, for the optimum drama, they're probably hoping that Pittsburgh and Jacksonville win. Surely, yeah, they want they want to watch they want, they want Sunday night football for everyone to watch the Bills either be the two seed or, or not make play. the playoffs. Yeah, right. that's that's what they want. That's the drama. I think that's the most dramatic. I mean, the most anticlimactic thing that could happen is both teams are clinched, and then it's yeah, you're playing for the, the two, two seed. The and if Miami loses, they're the six, and if Buffalo loses, they're the seven. Right. That would be not great for the league, but great for me. <laughs> right. Great for peace of mind. Right. Yeah, I'd like to know that if you lose the game, there's still another one coming next week. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But you dug your hole. So you finished, finished the job getting out of it. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, a lot of Let's holes see. been dug this season for a lot of teams. And it's also really interesting to look across like all the divisions and see which ones are close and which ones have these massive voids. Mm-hmm. And you think about the the AFC North, right? How we said all the teams are above 500 or the uh, NFC South where all the teams stink. But then you have like the NFC East where the Giants and Commanders, like you combine their win totals and they still don't touch either one of the yeah. other two. Teams. They're still not the division champs. <laughs> right. Uh, They're still not at, second place. Uh, the AFC East, and obviously Aaron Rodgers' injury had a lot to do with that, but but even still, that Jets team feels far away from those other two teams at, at this point in time. Yeah. So uh, there's some really interesting division dynamics that that we're going to see continue to unfold as well. And we'll be here for all of it. So you make sure you find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino, and we are locked on NFL Scouting. We're out of here.